The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 116 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the noise of the North. I'm Dan Mano. this time recording from my Midwest Temple of Noise, a.k.a. my Chicagoland studio. And would you look at the time? I'd say that we're all about ready for a little bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. The wake season is almost here, and it's important to remember, folks, every time you're on the water, you are not alone. Wake responsibly. Please be mindful of other boaters and, most importantly, homeowners. Ensure that you're doing your part by educating others to minimize repetitive passes, keeping your music at reasonable levels, and always staying a safe at least 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com right now. Take the pledge while you're there. Take the responsibility compliance exam, and then you can impress all your friends with your perfect score. They'll even send you a sticker free of charge that you can put on your boat and remind others to wake responsibly as well. Well, today we bring you part two of our conversation with Benny G, Ben Greenwood. In this episode, Ben shares memories from his last ever video part, which also happened to have a few cameos by yours truly. He also talks about a near-death moment he experienced during the filming of Defy involving two boats and an airplane and Sean Kilgus. We also talk about the quote-unquote death of print, but how the mag still lives on today and arguably has potential to be seen by more people than ever. There was a lot to talk about with Ben. That's why it took two episodes. Before we do get into it, let's talk about what's been happening in the world of Toad Water Sports. Well, last week I was at the WSIA Water Sports Industry Association 2019 Summit in the Snow. We were in lovely Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I did some hosting and I got to reconnect with a lot of great friends and Golden Mike podcast sponsors. I got to shred. In fact, my pal Jason Gardner from SeaDeck, along with my girlfriend Jane Levy and myself, we spent the entire first day just cruising around Steamboat Mountain. And I hate to brag so much about it, but man, oh man, it was rad. Altitude people, I'm sure you know this, but anyways, the altitude got me a little bit while I was up there. I was huffing and puffing. I was cool. I survived. We survived. I got to catch up with my good friend and former Larry Medoc Award winner, Greg Hodgin from Wake the World. He told me this unreal story 
of humongous generosity, a donation of a Porsche, and tragedy, and then an opportunity for the community to really rally together. Well, it all happened at the summit. I'm proud to say through a live auction at the Leadership Awards with our friends at Wake the World, we were able to raise just under $16,000 in sponsorship money for this awesome Porsche giveaway that Greg and the crew at Wake the World are doing. It's going to happen at Surf Expo in September. See, we sold different spots all over the, the Porsche. So many people were bidding on this. I was the auctioneer. It was my first time. It was so crazy. Hopefully, you guys will see a Golden Mike podcast sticker on there. I'm planning to make my donation to Wake the World a little bit later on as well. Now, half the money raised will go directly to Wake the World. The other half of the money will go to friend of the show, Brad Smela, and his efforts to further spinal cord injury research. There's still plenty of sponsorship space left on that Porsche. So if your organization or if you're interested in sponsoring an incredible cause, feel free to reach out to Greg and the folks at Wake the World. Now, along with the sponsorship auction, I was also there, of course, to host the WSIA Leadership Awards Ceremony. These awards honor the top people, manufacturers, and organizations within our industry. A special shout out goes to all Golden Mike podcast guests and sponsors who won, including the unofficial MVP at Summit this year, a good pal, Bobby Ozzy, a.k.a. Robert Oswell from Roswell Marine. That guy is an MVP everywhere he goes, and it only makes sense that he was given the unofficial honor officially. Taking big wins for the Innovation Awards that night included SeaDeck Marine Products for their designer laser patterning, Ronix with their RXT wakeboard, that's Massey Pifferetti's signature pro model for all of you keeping score at home. Of course, Massey Pifferetti, going to be a guest right here on the podcast real soon. Supreme Boats for their ZS series, tapered V-hole. Roswell with their drop zone, auto tower. Drop and fill, version two. And Centurion Boats with their FI-25 Sweet Surf Spectrum. Those are just a handful of the Innovation Award winners, but I want to congratulate everyone who won that night. And you can check out a full list. Head over to WSIA.net. Moving on to the full award ceremony, Marine Dealer of the Year went to Southtown Water Sports. The retail shop of the year was Wake Effects. Double A, uh, uh, the All-American, Andrew Atkinson, good pal of mine. You guys might remember him from episode 15 of this very podcast. He won Rep of the Year. Kobe and Tara Mikasich and Freedom Wake Park took home Wake School of the Year honors, along with, of course, an innovation award for their drop and fill, which I mentioned a moment ago. Wake Park of the Year went to the Texas Ski Ranch out of New Braunfels, Texas. The Lifetime Achievement Award went to Tom Damrick from the NMMA, the National Marine Manufacturers Association, who's done a ton to stand behind the water sports industry, helping to protect the sport and our waterways. It was awesome seeing last year's recipient, Shannon Starling, El Presidente of the World Wake Association, on hand to accept his award from last year. And lastly, the Larry Medoc Award was presented to Vince Castronovo. Vince has been instrumental in the fight for keeping the Willamette River open for wake sports in Oregon and was essential in getting 17 miles of the river opened back up for wake sports activities. Thank you, Vince, and it was an honor to see the award passed along to someone so deserving. 
The WSIA Summit was truly a special event, and I never wanted it to end. However, when I looked at the forecast, it told me that Colorado was in for quite the snowstorm, and I had to be at the Wisconsin Think Tank Showski Convention the very next day, literally 12 hours. Did I mention I was a four-hour drive away from the Denver airport? My heart was beating through my chest. I was cutting it so close. I hopped into the car and we drove for our lives. The weather was getting bad and the flights were getting canceled left and right. I found myself literally in a race against the clock and Mother Nature. Thankfully, we were able to make it to the airport in the nick of time. A big shout out to my friends Meg and Machak Presner for driving me in that nasty blizzard through the mountains. You guys are seriously lifesavers. I boarded my flight. And I was on my way back to Wisconsin, that is. Think Tank was awesome as always. I've been going to this event on and off since the mid-90s. I was in the house helping promote Twin Lakes Corn Fest. And of course, we also recorded a live episode of the Golden Mike podcast with the likes of Wisconsin Water Ski Federation president and longtime friend of mine, Chris Copeland, the co-show directors of Team USA, Matt Heilman and Dave Raisin, Hank Longo stops by and the legendary Tony Clarich comes back onto the podcast for his second audio appearance. I forgot to mention I was also able to do all of this with just about an hour of sleep on my flight home. So that episode is going to be dropping sometime very, very soon. In fact, this month, collegiate water ski athlete, good pal of mine, partner, pro, pal, the king of pop, Jared Meyer. He and I also conducted a breakout session on trick skiing and wake sports, so a special shout-out to all of those who were in attendance for that. I want to thank everyone who's already registered so far and applied for Twin Lakes Corn Fest. As most of you guys already know, that's going to be in Lance Park in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin on August 16th and 17th. Just a reminder, you can follow the event on Instagram and Facebook at TL Corn Fest. While you're on Facebook, please go to our event page and hit the going or interested button. That way you guys can see all the updates and receive reminders as the events get closer and closer. And guys, it's never too early to start training for that corn eating competition. TLCornFest.com is where you can find out more information. And of course, if you are looking to compete, you can apply there as well. Before we get back into the conversation with Ben, I do want to remind you all to please continue to help spread the word about this, the Golden Mike podcast. There is no other podcast in the Toadwater sports industry that has continued to deliver high quality content for going on six years straight. You want more? All I need is that support. Let friends, family, and other water sports enthusiasts know that all 116 episodes are available for free on SoundCloud and my website, noiseofthenorth.com, but subscribing to the podcast right here on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app is absolutely huge. Once you do subscribe to the show, please scroll down and take a minute to rate it five stars. At this very moment, we're up to 115 five-star ratings, 75 written reviews. But all it takes is a couple of kind words from you kind folks, and we'll have over 500 in no time. Listen up. 
A five-star rating for the show is a five-star rating for Toadwater Sports. So let's help grow the sport we all love together. And you already know if you take the time to write a review, I'll take the time to read it right here on the podcast. And if that isn't motivation enough, I will even personally send the next five reviewers a free Golden Mike podcast. Beanie or t-shirt, you pick. All you got to do is send me an email and a screenshot of your review once it posts. And the email I need you to send that to is goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com and I will swag you out. And that, my friends, is a Dano the Mano guarantee. Speaking of, this week we have two new five-star reviews that I can't wait to share with all y'all. And the first one is from WakeFan2, short and sweet. He writes, Dano is truly the voice of Wake in all things water sports. Love this podcast. Thank you, WakeFan2, for the kind words. And our second five-star review comes from Wakeboard Dad, who writes, I've known Dano for many years, competing in show skiing, and now our son Jimmy has opened our world to competitive wakeboarding, both cable and boat. Love the knowledge and information for Toad Water Sports this podcast brings, and I look forward to listening to older podcasts and new. Great job, Dano. Jim Schmidt. Hey, Jim, it's always great to hear from you. Since episode one, this podcast has always been about bringing the Toad Water Sports community together from all over. Water skiers, with wakeboarders, with wake surfers, to everyone else. We have so much more in common than just our love of being dragged behind the boat. Now, be like Jim, write that review, hook me up, and I'll hook you up, and in the end, we all win. Alrighty, y'all, let's get it. Benny G, right here, right now, part two, baby, on the Golden Mike Podcast. I want to I wanna talk about uh, two video moments of yours um, that kind of stand out to me. And one would be um, a, a web a web edit that was released around um, I don't know 2010 11 12 somewhere around then it was done by my good pal Colin Harrington I get a phone call one morning and he's like hey he's like hey do you want to be a part of this cool little skit with Ben Greenwood is that is that your Colin is that kind of kind of my old Colin oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> sort of good right no uh, I don't know <laughs> anyway so Colin Colin gets me Joy Medock. And our good buddy, Nevin Tootin, brings us over into his garage. He has all these, like, costumes, whatever. We get in his car. We drive out to Claremont, uh, where you were living at the time. And we go to the uh, Claremont Lanes, we, which I, we can talk about the bowling here in a little bit, <laughs> where, w- what bowling is to you. But uh, Victory Lane was the, uh, the movie, the vignette. It started off with you and me as a, a bowling team, and yeah. Nevin and Joey Medock as another bowling team, and we're just doing like bets and drinking white russians and uh yeah it was that was a that was a for me that was a really really fun one it was really cool to kind of go back and uh and and watch that video but i know it wasn't your last section ever but it was probably one of your final sections yeah i actually i think that is the last sort of like full piece full sort of section or whatever um i'm I may have had like a couple things here and there, but that would have been my sort of send off video, I guess. And like, it was weird. Cause at the time that was, I was really like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I'm still sponsored kind of 
but I know it's coming to an end. And, you know, um, had I known that was my last, last one, I maybe would have done a couple things different, but you never really know, I guess. Right. Aaron Reed did it right when he did his like retirement section, which was like mind blowing. Um, that would be my advice to some, to a young rider or a rider that's at the end of their career, just to do one final, final edit, take extra time to do it. Don't release any footage before it comes out and like make it be your sign off because that's something I wish I had done different. Um, but, but just cause you signed off, does, does that mean you have to stop wakeboarding? Oh no, 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 definitely not. I just, there, there comes a point for me, there, there came a point for me where when you're not maintaining a certain level of, uh, you know, frequency in your riding and, and fitness directly related to your sport. Now it's like a, it's a, a risk every time you go out and every time you try to progress. So if I'll use the example of when Keith, uh, had gone away to the military and he came back and he was sort of in that stage of like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I was doing a little bit of real estate. Then he also got back into riding. And of course, Keith being Keith came back and was better. He was riding better than I ever saw him. He was, he'd like go off the dock and do back seven, switch to a nine, switch heel seven. And I'm like, I never saw you do that when you were getting paid to do this. And he's like, I don't know. It's just easier now. He's riding behind Murray's boat, his massive wake. And it's just, he's so strong. And like, but anyway, so when he came back and he was riding a lot, he, uh, you know, my first son had just been born. So he was really easy to bring out in the boat with me and stuff, just bring the car seat out. And I would put, I'd say I probably rode like once a week for a couple months, maybe something like that. And I got a bunch of tricks back and it was kind of cool. And, um, and it was because I was getting my confidence back and I felt like, okay, I was building some, some core strength back and, and that kind of thing. But for me to go out and ride, like, let's say you were like, let's go out ride and go film. I'd be like, I'm just going to go ride and have fun and like, you know, do some three sixties and just feel it out. Um, so no, so you're absolutely right. It doesn't mean you have to stop riding. It's just that you know, it's like any athlete, really. It's like you used to run a two-hour marathon, but you haven't you haven't run in three years. You're probably still going to be pretty good at running. But you're I still not gonna... feel like though that people would. I, I mean, I, I feel like you're, and a lot of riders who maybe have hung it up and kind of gone away or whatever, fully out of the scene. I mean, I still feel like there's fans that, you know, yearn to have contact with you guys. You know? Yeah. The uh, I think when I saw that. Um, for myself was like I during that time I'd put a couple clips up of my ride I think just like three tricks that Keith had filmed from his phone and sent it to me and like the response was really cool it was like you know still got it I don't know just it was just like a cool little I don't know I always call it an ego boost but it means more to me than that it was like a nice feeling of like oh yeah I guess I did kind of impact some people and you know I, I, I always felt like you know, where I held Sean Murray in my head from being a nor- kid from the Northeast, like that really mattered. And it really mattered to me, like what he did, like what his board looked like, what he would do. And he, like Sean Murray impacted my life without me ever, before I ever met him. Right. And then when I was doing it, I never felt that way. Like I never really felt like, Oh yeah, I'm impacting people's lives or whatever. Yeah, Sean probably had no idea how much he was really yeah. impacting people's lives till probably even ten years ago. Right. You know? Yeah, you're probably right. We were talking about Sean Kilgis and um and and your relationship over the years. And I know that um 
we had talked about you having the opportunity to ride in a bunch of his movies and um you know and at a point i had heard some stories kind of um surfacing after defy of some scary moments while uh while filming with you now i know you sustained a, a gnarly knee injury early in your career but um but uh some of the stuff that i heard could have been a little bit more gnarly than just blowing out a knee yeah yeah like i think you know i broke my ankle blew out knees stuck my arm through the handle you know mild concussions that kind of thing and that is all sort of stuff that you expect but once you kind of get into the game of filming and shooting and chase boats and that stuff it's like it changes i mean i saw i saw trevor hansen go underneath a a rigid inflatable boat in ireland that his brother was driving he missed the propeller but like we all were like wow you know and there are times where the chase boat's been in the wrong spot you know as you progress and you have more experience with that you know what you're comfortable with and and that but then there's scenarios like what happened in mexico um in monterey we're filming for defy and it was like this beautiful foggy morning like all that footage from mexico was like was beautiful it was this awesome spot and it was glass calm i mean it was like the most glassy morning ever and that weighs into the story because kilgus was doing fly flybys and like a little you know, kind of two seater, four seater, like single engine piston airplane. And he, the pilot was an excellent pilot and he was just trying to get a nice low angle. So we were going to time it so that Kilgus was like, okay, you hang out on the outside of the wake on the opposite side. We're going to be going towards you. The boat's going to pass by and try to time the trick that you're doing the trick coming basically at the airplane. And okay, cool. We've done stuff like that before timing, sitting duck or you know, helicopter stuff, it's it's no problem. But what we didn't know was that the pilot had um, accidentally gone too low, lost his frame of reference because it was so glassy. He was looking down at the water, but it looked like the sky. And he, uh, his wheels started dragging through the water. So he's losing airspeed like super quickly. Kilgus, we didn't know this really. So we just see this airplane coming, but it's super low. And then the chase boat is out kind of almost in the no-no zone, you know, off to like, you know, rear three quarter, but like kind of creeping into the no-no zone. But I was like, all right, I'm just going to do a method and I'm probably not going to fall on it. And, you know, it should be all good. But what happened was the chase boat driver, I can't, I always thought it was Watson, but he said it wasn't him, but they saw this airplane coming and it was super low and they thought that the airplane was going to hit them. So the chase boat driver ducked and put their head down because they literally thought they were going to get hit by an airplane. And I do the trick and land and realize that the airplane's not very far away from me and not very far from the boat, but I'm also, I could have reached back and touched the boat from where I was at the time. So I literally almost was killed by an airplane. And if not that, then run over by a boat in a split second. And it was you can see the footage Kilgus put put it in the movie and it, it happens really quickly but it doesn't do it justice in terms of like it it could have taken out a lot of people at once did that change anything as far as like filming for you or well, no I mean that that was just I, I've always sort of tried to not push the limits in terms of like okay let's not get run over I mean I, a, a friend of mine and I were un, unfortunately uh, a part of a, an accident where someone was struck by a propeller and it, it's super disturbing and oh yeah I, I was 
there for one once also. Yeah, it's just so cool. Yeah, so you know, it's like you just got to think: is it really worth it? You know, to get the shot. It's like probably not. It's probably not worth it. <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that because that's <laughs> all I can imagine in your mind is probably back then. Yeah, it would probably have been worth it. Yeah, I mean that that one was one that we were like, whoa. And then when we heard Kilgus's story, when he was like, the pilot was freaking out because it, he was so slow. He he didn't have enough speed to pull up. So he, they're literally like, he saw him like trying to gain airspeed again and. I guess the pilot was shook like pretty bad after that. Ben, one thing that we ha- have kind of seen happen over the past few years is um, more and more print has gone away from some of our you know favorite publications, one of those being Wakeboarding Magazine. Uh, Wakeboarding Mag is still a thing. You guys are still up to date. You guys are still current. The website is running. There's uh, fresh new content posting all of the time, but... Um, there's no more paper. Um, I know it's probably a touchy subject, but I was hoping that maybe you could talk a little bit about what the heck happened and uh, what's going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I said, um, you know, just to personalize a little bit, like literally the reason I'm sitting in this office and the reason I have my wife and my two kids and a career to talk about is because of the pages of the magazine that ended up then paying me to work here you know it's like it's like i'm so tied to the the print magazine because that's what we knew right i mean that's what it's the easiest it's tangible it's the thing you pick up to say this is something right um and being a part of the sort of decline of the frequency in print was was really tough because it's like you know i'm like looking at an archive where I'm on the cover of a couple of those or some of my favorite memories are in there. And it's like, you know, I was sort of in the driver's seat when it was on its way down and, and that's, that's tough. Um, but it's a change in landscape. I mean, obviously there's no, I think when we shared the news that the, the regular issues of wake and water ski were no longer going to be printing. And what that means is like, you know, the March, April, the April, you know, May, June, July, like that frequent periodical style of print is, it's, it's super tough to maintain in such a small industry. Right. I mean, we have examples of magazines here that are increasing print revenue numbers and subscribers it. So it's not that all print is dead. It's just, there has to be this like really good mix of what the market wants. So is that, is that like a frustration to you when you hear people say print is dead? No. Uh, well, I will say it's a frustration because it was self-perpetuating. You know, it's like people talk about it, then they believe it, then they, anything that happens, they see the magazine get a little thinner then, like, oh yeah, I guess it's dead. See, I guess I was right. And you know, everyone wants to be right. And I also think that from an advertiser standpoint, because the, the magazine lived and died by the advertisers, you know, there, there were a good solid subscriber base, but unless you have hundreds of thousands of people paying a a pretty high subscription rate, it's really hard to produce a a full, you know, with a full staff and and all sorts of content. So I don't think it was a surprise to anybody when we made the announcement that we were no longer doing the full periodical run. Uh, We still do special issues, like kind of gear guide issues, wake surfer issues, and we have a lot of flexibility in what that looks like um and the water sports sort of world here is 
we have been doing this. We It was a strategy that was set in place years ago, which I always totally agreed with, but it, it lives under boating. Like Boating Magazine is a, a legend, a legacy brand. It's you know, a massive subscriber base, very, very influential in the market. Um, and, you know, wakeboarding and water ski, you know, we made the decision to like cozy it up under boating more than it once was. So are we so, seeing more content uh, regarding toad water sports in the boating magazines? Yep, absolutely. So it used to be boating would do like one issue called the water sports issue. And it was like June or July. Now there's water sports uh, you know, boat reviews and tips and coverage throughout the year and on the website. So Garrett is, he still maintains the title of editor in chief of the brands of wakeboard and water ski, but he's just as much of a employee of boating and on the boating staff than anything, you know, because, you know, the strategy was to say, Hey, look, you know, there, there are other ways that people can get the information and feel connected to the super core of the sport our our opportunity to help actually grow the sports are to tell the more recreational stories through the channels of boating which dwarf all of the wakeboarding water ski stuff so it's funny to because like to go back to what you're saying about have my views changed it's like where i used to like pound like oh this is like wakeboarding has to look a certain way for me now it's just like no man buy a tube buy a whatever like just get out there well, and do i don't it, know, you know what this what the exact numbers are but the way that i kind of explain it to people sometimes and again uh, it is what it is coming from me right but i'm like one percent of people who wakeboard or water ski or boat are us who know anything who mm -hmm. know yeah the rest are probably just a majority of recreationalists looking to have fun and if they know who parks bonifay is that's just an extra you know french fry at the bottom of the bag or something <laughs> like that you got lucky yeah right yeah yep and i think you know it's weird now because you can quantify people's popularity by how many followers they have for example i think that i was in a time where you couldn't really quantify it because i don't know i was on fuel tv i was on the alliance's poll show i was on you know, in the pages of Wakeboarding Magazine, it, like, what is that? How important is that? Or how impactful is that? Or how many people are actually even seeing that? It was sort of like nebulous. Like, I, I think it's this. But to we, all of us who grew up with it, it was huge. Yeah. It was yeah. big. So. Yeah. But like, and now the poor athletes out there have like a number that they live under. And it's like, what's that number? How many followers do you have? And it's just like, you know, and it, it I think there's been some cool things that have come out of it. Like, you know, probably people that are introduced to wakeboarding because Harley's a little heartthrob and he, you know, he's a world champion at something. And so, you know, you got the, you know, people that are like looking at wakeboarding that would never have seen it before or something, you know? And then, um, but at the same time, does that like, are we pulling them into the core of the sport? Are we, are we like, are we, do they ever get past that sort of like, you know, 30,000 foot view of, oh, that's something cool going on down there. Sure. Or is it like, let's get butts and seats and let's Feet get those, boots. <laughs> let's get those butts wet in the water. Like that's why the, all the past the handle stuff is like, you know, it's been really cool to see the industry rally around that. 
and you know all the work that you do and like you know i could name a bunch of people but obviously robbie mashop and like you know now you have a guy who's like single mission is to get more people on the water and he's getting the support to do it quick break folks and we'll be right back with ben in just one moment but I can't wait any longer to tell you guys about the insane contest at Masterline USA. Masterline USA wants to send you and your friends to the 60th Masters Water Ski and Wakeboard Contest in Pine Mountain, Georgia. Legendary. And of course, I'll be announcing they're prepared to give away four pavilion passes, including VIP lunches and tours and a three-night stay at the Four Diamond Lodge and Spa and a sweet golf package at the Callaway Gardens Golf Club. Folks, I'm the announcer of this event for 14 years, and that's more than I get. That's pretty awesome. But if that isn't enough, they're also throwing in an unbelievable collection of custom and signed gear that all equates out to about $2,000 in value. All you have to do is visit MasterlineUSA.com and sign up for the Masters Sweepstakes. There's no purchase necessary. There's only one entry per person, but it's open to all adults over 18 years old. This is seriously an awesome opportunity, so jump on it now, people, and don't wait a second more. MasterlineUSA.com, and I can't wait a second more to get back at it on the podcast with my guest, this guy, Ben Greenwood. Let's get it, people. Hey, I want to talk uh, quickly about the Pro Wake Tour. For years, it was uh, the Mastercraft Pro Wakeboard Tour, and then somewhere around 2015, there was uh, a changing of the guards, and um, Supra came in and and took over. Um, Talk a little bit about... um, how the tour changed, why it changed and, and what it's all about today. Yeah. So it's, that's been an interesting thing to witness. Like the, the tour, the pro wakeboard tour and wakeboarding magazine were always, you know, shared a wall basically. Right. Like we're, we were all under this one building working together. Um, and you know, Mastercraft had, been a, yeah, they'd been a part of the tour from the beginning, and um, they had made the decision one year that they were going to go a different direction, basically. And that, and so, with a tour of that size, you know, you have supporting sponsors, but there's no way you can put it on without a lot of support from one particular boat company, or a lot of different boat companies, I guess you could say. But yeah, Masscraft decided to go a different direction. I don't necessarily blame them for wanting to change it up, do something new. They maybe felt as though that wasn't really, they weren't getting a return on it like they once did. Well, for Um, that, for Mastercraft too, I mean, it was kind of becoming a new company also. I mean, I feel like there was like new people moving into new positions and whatnot also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a a million factors that went into it, but you know, what it meant, for whatever reason the decisions were made, um, what it meant for us was like the tour was going to go away because without without somebody stepping in, it was, it was going to be gone. Um, so, you know, my involvement with the tour, you know, I was, I was never, I mean, I'm an employee of Bonnier, but I was never like under the tours P and L, you know, it wasn't like, 
I work for the tour. I you judged a little bit. I judged, yeah. So I, you know, on, on but that you basis. you weren't an organizer or anything. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I would sell sponsorships into it, but I wasn't like, like Dishman, for example, that was like, he worked for the tour, you sure. know, and Priscilla, who still works for the tour. Um, so like, that that was crazy to witness because Matt Hickman stepped in and Matt had had the meteoric rise from being like a content editor up to like running all of the Florida brands and like he it was incredible to watch his career path he utilized his knowledge and all the resources he had here to like reinvent the tour to go you know what no wonder Massacraft pulled out because we weren't giving them enough value so he created this whole program uh, and, you know, they put a name on it, like a Bonnier audience acceleration thing, like, which is kind of silly, but, but it, it, uh, the, the cool part about it was that it actually took all the, the, our, our audience from all of our different titles here that have to do with, with boating and water sports. And we would go and like start to get hyper-targeted with who can afford a brand new Supra and give them this cool experience, put them in the boat and basically, like, if you looked at a picture of the crowd, you'd go, okay, there's probably some boat buyers in here, but they're all mixed in. How do you talk to that one person? So we kind of organized them in these different buckets before they even showed up to the event. And it's a, it's a really cool just sort of, like, marketing spin on what the tour could be. And what about on the rider side? Uh, uh, so there's there's fewer riders now, and, and we've we've packaged the day into uh, sort of like a half day. Well, a day event versus I mean when I my when I started announcing the pro wakeboard tour, we were two of the four or five stops were three days, yeah. and then the other ones were two days stops. So, yeah. like a one day a one day stop, how do you pack all the you know how do you pack it all into one day? Yeah, yeah. There's fewer riders. You know, it's like you know we cap it at like. 16 or 18 and yeah you just keep you know keep the keep the action flowing and you know it's easier to promote sort of a one day thing because it was you know back in the day it was like you're coming to watch all this stuff but really like the finals was where all the excitement was and you know the drama but it was really hard to follow that from shore like you could listen to you announcing it but like if you're not paying attention to every single thing you're saying who's in who's winning this thing sure. i don't know you know so so we have a jumbotron at our events which actually which really helps a lot to like you know post scores up to kind of tell you where you are during the day there's little vignettes that play and so it's you know i, I think it's cool um it's it, uh i have less to do with it now personally than i did before um and one of the reasons for that is that our our events group is uh is handling a lot more of the the sort of day-to-day stuff like i'm always going to be a part of supporting the tour and and you know judging when i can and that kind of thing but um it's less of my day-to-day now than it once was and obviously the sponsors are super stoked on it i chatted with uh dan miller from super moomba boats at the chicago boat show just like less than a month ago and i mean he uh, what is the this was their third year now going into their fourth or fifth i think it's year. fourth going into fifth going yeah. into their fifth year so. and you know, he'd mentioned to me uh, the number of boats that they're able to, to track from from the events and, uh, you know, also just being at events with all the riders and hearing the positive feedback. It's it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, I haven't personally been able to get my schedule into a place where I was able to make a, 
a pro tour stop yet, but I am keeping my fingers crossed in 2019 yeah. that I will. Because I went nine years on Pro Wake wow. Tour. Yeah. Nine years. How, how many years for Wake Awards? Uh, Wake Awards is something at this point, I think this last year was like my sixth or my seventh year. Yeah. We have to go back and watch the uh, the Wake Award videos yeah. to to well, see that. You're such a, such a part of why that event has continued to be a success. Thank you for well, all your help. And I obviously appreciate it. It's, uh, it, it's so cool. And just the, the last couple of years getting to get back up there on stage and have like B-Rad, Smela oh, yeah. come out there. And, you know, yeah, it's it's funny. I was wondering if we we're going to talk about Wake Awards, but it it's one of those things that like, you know, Don Wallace told me, Paul O'Brien has told me, like these guys that, you know, help run our industry are like, that night is so awesome. And, you know, we want to help and support it, make sure it keeps going and all this stuff. Because I, I think I've been to every single one, the first nine as an athlete, and then the rest here, working here and helping to put it on. But like having everybody who's in town for Surf Expo and, and then just to have that sort of like, it's literally like putting people up on stage and recognizing them for their efforts. And, you know, I made the decision. I mean, we, we, it's, it's always been a, a part of it, but, and not to say that nobody did it before me, but when I got the chance to kind of help, you know, run the, the, the whole show, I, really wanted to take that platform to like do really impactful things like and every year there you know for good reasons and for bad there seem to be opportunities to to do that you know like like Brad for example i mean some of the most like impactful moments of the last few years i feel like have for me and and my job with wakeboarding have been because of wake awards and what's happened at wake awards like you know getting to present Brad with trick of the year is like, you know, that was, uh, I don't know. I, it's weird for me to say, I was like honored to be a part of that, you know, and then, and to that next year, have him up on stage. Was it the next year or two years after that? Then we had him up on stage right? and it yeah. was like, you know, and then to like, you have Ben LeClaire there and then, you know, and that stuff. And like, those are really great uplifting things that, you know, came from a bad start, you know, like sure. it was something, a, a tragic event and then, but being able to recognize that person, but then well, and huge for the community and what, what better chance, like what better chance do you get 1500, 2000 members of not just the professional wake community, but you look like when I'm hosting wake awards, I'm looking out in that crowd and, and there's people from all over the world that, we've met that we haven't met but there's one thing you know every single person in that room and that room is packed hmm. is there because of wakeboarding yeah you it's, know? it's cool it's man i i uh i've been through my like sort of total ups and downs with wake wake awards so like first getting to go to the first few wake awards just being in that room i was like this is incredible and then and then for a few years i'd be up you know nominated for a couple of awards and that was really cool and then when my sort of maybe my relevance was tailing off a little bit. Then I sort of was like, oh, this is like, why am I here? And then like, I remember Kevco was like, no dude, like invited me and made sure I sat in VIP. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like you get up in VIP and I'm like, all right, yeah, all right. I guess I'm still cool or whatever, not cool. But then first few years working it was just sort of like, it's a big event. And then now I like running it, 
I was crazy stressed because I know how important it was for the community to, that it would go well. And then like last year, I just absolutely loved it. And um, getting to present Randall in person with his Legend Award when we didn't get to do it last year, that was like really special for me. And and uh, like Randall even reached out and said that he was like very, very touched by us working that into the show and everything. Yeah. So it, it was, was cool. re- really, really cool. It was a, a, a great Wake Awards uh, season and <laughs> uh, and just being a part of it again was was just such a, such a cool, cool thing. Ben, we're actually going to kind of close on something a little bit more light here. Um, when you moved to Florida, you moved, well, shortly after moving to Florida, you moved to one of the um, most interesting places, I guess, sort of in <laughs> central Florida. Uh, and, men, and a few years later, many of the top wakeboarders in the world followed you out there. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Claremont, Florida. And you lived that Claremont life for, for some time, and you uh, you also spent a lot of time bowling, from what I understand. <laughs> and bowling was, uh, was a huge part of your life, and you were pretty dang good at it, from what people <laughs> would tell me, and also the uh, seven um, rounds, or I don't know, what do they call it? Innings? What What is it? What uh, you, frames? I frames? Guess. The yeah. seven frames I bowled Wait, with you to get that video, those streams. video shots. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about the Claremont life and oh, and yeah. like how different it was because you're from New York. And uh, bo- outside of Boston, yeah. Uh, yeah. From, the, from the Northeast in yeah. general. And yeah. obviously people have a bit of a different view of what people from the northeast are versus <laughs> what people from the southeast are like it's yeah. two very different worlds talk about your experiences yeah I, claremont man it, it changed so much from you know the time that i first went there i remember driving into town on route 50 going through the rolling hills on my way out that first time with my buddy craig and i was going to go ride to the wakeboard camp for the first time that was, so it was yeah 2000 and it was just all orange groves and almost no stoplights. Um, yeah, almost no stoplights, very few stores. There was no like chain restaurant even besides probably McDonald's and Burger King. Um, and, you know, we, we used to rent a, a, a small place and like it, it was just such a cool time. You were making little to no money. You were getting to ride as much as you wanted to you were a part of something that felt like people from around the world wanted to come to the wakeboard camp and come to Claremont just to, to go out in the boat and you were the one responsible for giving them a good time. It was, it was really cool. You know, some of my best friends of my life have come from there in my, my Claremont days. And, um, you know, we sort of felt like we had it to ourselves. You know, we were like, man, this huge chain of lakes, the wakeboard camps out there every day, we're taking the boats out. And then when, when um, when Danny moved out, and Danny and Rusty, and I, I remember being like, okay, this is gonna change things, because we were like, you know, Kyle was sort of at the end of his pro riding career, Aaron and I were like, you know, kind of in the heyday of ours, and then like, you know, Rusty and Danny plopped themselves down, like right down the road from us on the other lake, and we were like, okay, I wonder how this is gonna change things. And to me, I still, it's funny, because I, I still, thought of Danny as an idol of mine and now he's like my neighbor and riding partner and played golf together and stuff but he's still just you know I was still like damn that's Danny Harv that's so crazy um and then Parks moved out right after that and then 
and then Henshaw, and then and and it was like it was you could really see it happening because then all of a sudden it went from we would have any of the lakes all to ourselves to now there was like you know five wakeboard boats trying to share one line and it it just changed a lot you know the the good parts about it were that there was just more of a a community outside of wakeboard camp only so there was like you know like Dylan Miller's crew and like Anthony Hollick was out there and like you know you'd have just people to go play poker with and bowling and and it's funny that I appreciate that bowling comes up a lot in my like kind of walk through history because it I just live next to the bowling alley and my good friends uh, own the place uh, they still do I believe yeah they still own it um, but it was just something fun to do and drink beer and like just just like anything that any of us do it's like you get into it and you're like oh I want to see how good I can get and then I <laughs> Trevor Hansen and I joined a league and then I played a second year in a league and it was super fun because I was just hanging out with like you know these 60 year old got delivery truck guys that were like oh you missed last week I was like oh yeah I was in Australia they're like what like you know they it was just really a different world you know a couple different worlds colliding but um it ended up that bowling made its way into a couple of video sections of mine like victory lane and and the truth uh so it almost seemed like I was like that was like a, th- I mean, I, I spent a lot of time there, I guess. The wakeboarding bowler. Yeah. The bowling wakeboarder. Yeah. It's just funny because I, I mean, I haven't bowled in I don't, probably six years. No, that's not true. I don't know. But it's just, so, it's just so crazy because like y- you imagine how big of a part, do you own your own bowling ball? Oh yeah. Of course. So you see. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, like I, it's like me, yeah. you know, I'm the yo-yo guy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, get it. If you're in a league, like you want to be throwing the same ball. And I thought it was funny when people were like, you have your own shoes? I'm like, well, shoes is just a straight up economically and sanitary decision. Like, yeah, you just spend a couple bucks on shoes and you have your own. Like that makes more sense than a ball, you know? <laughs> a ball is like, it's an investment, but no, it, it's funny. Actually, I, my bowling ball is like in a in its case, like in my garage and I trip over it sometimes and I kind of laugh like, man, I would go everywhere with that thing. Like, you know, every, every Wednesday I'd be in league and then other nights I'd be like, yeah, what are we going to do now? Let's just go there and throw (laughs) that's really funny you golf too Uh, i picked up golf in my late stages of riding and i wish i picked it up earlier it's because i i really truly enjoy it and um you know wish i could play more but i've got i've got some really important other priorities at the moment i think i think i get it Mm -hmm. dude benny thank you so much for for all your time here it went a little bit longer than i (laughs) expected but at the same time i think it's uh all gold, hence the the golden mic. So, <laughs> before I let you get out of here, uh, obviously you already mentioned that you drop most of your sponsors, but at the same time, this is the uh, portion where I give you the opportunity to give your shout outs to those sponsors, uh, if you have any, or if you want to give any of them some some love, <laughs> or uh, you know anybody who helps support your family, and then social media so that people can track you down and stalk you (laughs) yeah so you know i i was very fortunate over the years to ride for liquid force which was like i literally didn't think that i could i was stylish enough to be on the liquid force team so that was like just a really cool thing but great support from super over the years i would say quicksilver but i don't think anyone uh i think they're in paris now (laughs) anyway uh no but i had some great sponsors over the years and then um you know at this point in my life it's sort of the whole industry that 
I get to call my sponsors. You know, it's like our great partnerships with our advertising partners here help to, you know, provide a paycheck for me. So I kind of want to thank all of those that support the brands. Um, and then, you know, just throughout my life, I know I mentioned the key players, but, you know, Craig Kennedy up in upstate New York, if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't be sitting here. Sean Kilgus, Aaron Reed, Kyle Schmidt, Keith Lyman, Josh Letchworth. I haven't even gotten to talk about Letchy. Justin Stevens, um, PJ, Sean Perry for giving me my first job here. Um, Matt Hickman and Glenn, Glenn Sandrich for my career here. I mean, the, and Rhonda Mock as well. Um, you know, without those people here and, and especially Glenn Sandrich's support, he's our director of all Florida brands now. And he's like, you know, giving me some great opportunities and, and a path even outside of water sports, you know, with, with, um, the flying magazine stuff, it's, uh, you know, allows me to have a, a great work life balance, um, to spend time with my family. And you know, that's a hundred percent priority at this point. Very good. Benny. Thanks again, brother. Thanks to you too, man. It's been, it's been really fun to, to see you along all, all paths. I mean, I think of the times with, uh, double up Del Noche or double. Is that what, yeah, that's right. And, uh, I don't know. It's just been cool to to have you along alongside the path, you know, and then continuing on with Wake Wars and everything. It's awesome. Thanks, sir. Long and winding road, my friends. Well, <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's Benny G with me, Dano T Mano, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm gonna pay some quick bills, then we will be right back, my friends. Oh yeah. Roswell Marine has just released their 2019 product catalog featuring a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks, and wake towers. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise, and no matter what you're looking for, you can rest easy knowing Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you unbox them. Head over to their website and see their full lineup of products and features. They have 35 preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website to find the closest dealer to you. That website is roswellmarine.com. That's www.roswellmarine.com. O'Brien Watersports has been around for over 50 years, making them one of the longest lasting brands in the entire towed water sports industry. With a diverse lineup of skis, wakeboards, surfers, tubes, and accessories, there's no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to find whatever it is you need to have fun on the lake this year. They have everything for novice riders all the way to professionals. For a full look at their product catalog, head over to O'Brien.com and while you're there, find a local dealer and stay up to date with all the latest O'Brien news. That website again is O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Check them out today, baby. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Oh yeah, folks. <laughs> How awesome were Ben Greenwood's stories was Watson driving that other boat, or was it someone else? Will we ever know? I guess much like the purpose of Stonehenge or the identity of D.B. Cooper, it will remain one of the world's greatest mysteries. I'm just thankful that Ben and the rest of the crew are still around. Also, Ben and I had talked about his final Alliance Wake video 
Victory Lane. I had alluded to at the beginning of the episode that I had made a bit of an appearance in that. Well, I strongly encourage all of you guys to go check it out uh, whenever you get a chance. We'll share the link on our social media sites and Facebook and make it as easy as possible for you to scope out as well. Pretty short video with some really impactful writing and just fun in general. Now, before I get out of here, I do want to mention a couple of event series that have been recently announced. So many great events coming up this summer, and here are just a few that I'll be at. The Gravel Tour Series will make its first stop at the illustrious Orlando Water Sports Complex, the OWC, on April 20th. Uh, We also have one of my favorite grassroots event series, the Malibu Rider Experience, kicking off the season First weekend in May, also in Orlando. You can check out the WWA.com for all further information as well as a full list of dates and other awesome events. I also saw the WWA released a really cool summer layout of events on their RideLine app, which is also available free on all smartphone devices. So make sure you guys go and check that out. As for what's next for me, well, March 15th, 16th, and 17th, I'll be in Cocoa Beach, Florida for the Ron John Surf Shop Beach and Boards Fest. I'll be hosting a big rail jam on the beach with the Billabong Pro Team, and if you happen to be in the area, please stop by and say hi. Thank you all for listening, and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledwake, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlite, Masterline, and GoPuck. One more humongous thank you to Benny G, Ben Greenwood. Thank you for hosting me in your office and for these two great episodes. Behind the scenes of special thanks to Jenner Carruth on the web, Jane Levy and Arthur Shh, not even going to try it this time again in the office, and Rich Walsh on the soundboard. That's it. That's all for me, folks, and I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. As always, I am the noise of the North, Dan Lomano, and you can hear me next time, once again, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.